Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's the PHNX Coyotes podcast brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and leave a five-star review. I'm Petey. As always, alongside Craig S. Morgan, today Leah has the day off. So on the special Wednesday edition of the PHNX Coyotes podcast, we have a special guest. And Craig, I'm going to hand it off to you to introduce today's guest. Yeah, I'm a little familiar with this guy. He, he looks familiar anyway. We have Seattle Kraken Assistant General Manager Ricky Olchek joining the show. Uh, I'll just say it, long, long-time family friend. Ricky, it's good to see you, buddy. How you doing? Very good, Craig. Great to be with you both. Uh, happy holidays. Merry Christmas to everybody. And uh, looking forward to uh, chatting with you guys here for a little bit. All right, Rick, we, we already know the answer to this because we were chatting a little bit before the show started, but uh, where are you right now? And can you maybe describe the uh, the posh accommodations that you find yourself in right now? <laughs> hey, anytime you're with the National Hockey League, it's always posh, and it's uh, certainly a blessing. Uh, we are in uh, beautiful Raleigh, uh, North Carolina. Got the uh, hurricanes on the docket for tomorrow night, and... Uh, my former employer. So uh, we're looking forward to it and hopefully uh, get a win as we head back and finish up this road trip and head back to Seattle. How much are you on the road these days? I know, I know that your travel schedule can be insane. You know, it's quite hectic. No question. I mean, again, it's part of uh, um, the duties and responsibilities that I have to fulfill for the organization. Um, you know, again, uh, so I, I travel with the team quite a bit, uh, a little bit more than I have in years past. Um, I think it's uh a uh, good thing to be around the team and then also uh, get some time uh, to get away, see other clubs in the National Hockey League, at, also at the AHL level, and and then also do some amateur scouting and uh, just try to help out wherever I can and assist our, our great staff that we have assembled. Well, as, as you just mentioned, you're on the road a lot, and I know one of the Eddies is also on the road a lot as a scout. Is it Eddie the Third? Is that right, or is it? Yeah. Is it even more than that? And no, Eddie the third, but Eddie Junior for sure. Um, yeah. yeah. You no, know, so it's he, he's uh, he's been a real good addition for us uh, on the amateur side. He uh, handles a lot of the uh, U.S. and uh, U.S. kids, U.S. players uh, for the draft, and in addition to uh, watching and overseeing and helping out in our uh, college free agents as well. Okay, and then there's a. There's a third old check in Seattle. Uh, he, his name escapes me right now, but I, I, I think, yeah, I think he's, he's doing stuff on the broadcast side. So it's really become a family affair up there in Seattle. So how is the family adapting to Seattle? 
And what are the pluses and minuses of that much personality and opinion flowing in one city? Oh, boy. Well, we have, as I like to jokingly uh, share with Ron, I say Olchek's four, Francis family three. So he's got <laughs> these two boys working at the organization. And as you indicated, uh, Craig, I have uh, Eddie, Eddie O's working there, my brother, and then uh, my nep- proud uncle, my nep- both two of my nephews, Eddie uh, on the amateur side, whom we just uh, spoke about, and Nick, who uh, helps out on the broadcasting, wants to follow in the footsteps of his father, and um, he's helping out in a lot of different areas, social media, TV, and the radio. So uh, it's it's really exciting. And again, I know my mom's smiling down from heaven right now, uh, seeing her two boys uh, finally work alongside one another and uh, in the game that we love and uh, feel just it's brought us so much joy and, and happiness uh, throughout uh, throughout our lives. Shout out to Diana Olchek, a woman I knew well, and and the woman probably responsible for all that personality that we're talking about. Do you guys ever get the chance to get together, all four of you, go to dinner or do something? What I know it's it's rare that you're probably all in town at the same time. No, the, it's the latter, unfortunately. As of yet, we have not been able to have the four of us. So uh, looking forward to that time. We're going to spend, uh, you know, we'll be able to spend Christmas together here uh, shortly. Looking forward to that. The whole family, whole crew, uh, you know, because, again, Eddie O is a grandfather, which I uh, just want to make sure that's for the record, you know. Wow. So he's, uh, <laughs> Long time, but he's a proud, proud grandparent and, um, uh, you know, looking forward to seeing everybody. But at some point, uh, it will be great to, if we're in Seattle, the four of us, it's, when our paths all cross, and we're able to uh, have uh, some Italian food, of course, and uh, definitely a few laughs and probably at my expense, which is okay. <laughs> Lingini, as Ed calls it. Have a Lingini. Hey, it's uh, hey, I would always say, forget about it. Forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> so your nephew, Eddie, this is where I should pause, actually, take a PD pause, because anytime the subject of Minnesota comes up, PD uh, rambles on yes. for a few minutes. And of course, Eddie was an assistant with Bemidji, where PD's family family is royalty. So, PD, you have. <laughs> yeah, but no, I just we, we want to talk about Eddie Jr. was on the, the coaching staff at Bemidji State with the Beavers. Um they were really sad to see him go. I mean, he was an integral part there, and it's a program that's always growing and developing, and it's tough in a small community like that. But the transition to Ricky is, as we know, northern Minnesota can be a little bit chilly, and it can be cold and snowy. And I looked at, at Ricky's resume, and, and he's got Edmonton on there, and Seattle, as we know, can be a little chilly and rainy. I'm not surprised to see the move to Coachella Valley. And I'm wondering if Ricky had an integral part and getting some hockey downed to the sun. Um, so we'll get into the Coachella Valley in a second. I, I do want to talk about Seattle. It's time to spend a little time talking about hockey. Um, the Kraken had a little bit of growing pains last season in their first season in the NHL, but all of that right now seems to be behind them, and they're having a great season. What's been the driving force behind the Kraken's improved play this season? Well, I think, you know, again, just to uh, focus back a little bit on last year, again, it was a, we had some challenges like any expansion team does. Certainly we don't, we didn't make any excuses last year. We're not going to make any uh, today or in the future. Um, You know, again, we had the challenges like everybody else around the world about with COVID. So we start bringing in a new staff from all different organizations, players from 30 different teams, uh, 31 different teams, uh, 30 teams with ourselves, and then and, and uh, not including Vegas in that expansion draft. Um, so you're trying to get the personalities and build a culture, and it takes time. And uh, you know, I know everybody made the inevitable comparison to Vegas, and you know, hey, 
hockey helmets off to them. They ended up you know, going to the Stanley Cup finals and losing to the eventual Stanley Cup champs in Washington Capitals. But uh, certainly we never compared ourselves to uh, internally. We never compared ourselves to Vegas, nor did we compare ourselves to any other National Hockey League team as well. We're the Seattle crack and we're trying to build our culture, continue to do so. And um, we just feel we're in a, you know, we have a plan. Uh, Ron, Jason, Alex, and the rest of our crew have uh, put a plan in place and we're just trying to follow it. Um, and we made, had some additions, made some additions to our club um, from the draft standpoint and, and certainly from the free agent market. And we think that, uh, again, spending more time together, getting to know one another, building the trust factors with the staff, the staff with the players, players amongst themselves, I think that's only going to translate to uh, success uh, short term and long term and, you know, very fortunate where we're at right now. But we know we got some work to do and we continue to work on it uh, every single day. Ricky, you talk about the draft and one of the players you were able to get in the draft was Matty Beniers. And we've seen what a special player he is. He has become Coyote fans are, are familiar with Matias Michelli, who is is right in there for the rookie scoring race right now. But Beniers is running away with the goals and he is right now the leading candidate for the Calder Trophy. What is what makes him a special player? What jumps out at you is, is making him and separates him from others? I think it's a combination of uh, uh, factors. He's certainly a very skilled player, um, can skate very well. I, I think one of his biggest attributes is his compete level, regardless if you're going to see him on the score sheet um, from a point uh, perception. He's uh, certainly high-end, nonstop motor, um, competes at everything on and off the ice. Um, and that drive, I think, is just is, is going to be felt for us uh, to, in our organization. It's already there, but it's really going to, I think, be impactful down the road. And, um, you know, again, that just compete level is just off the charts. And you, that's one thing when you go see Manny Veneers, you know, like I said, what, you know, leaving the rink, that guy worked his, his rear end off. Mm. Rick, how do you explain the season that Andre Burkowski is having? He's, he's having a remarkable year leading the team right now. No, he certainly is. And again, that was, as I alluded to earlier, that was one of our free agent acquisitions this summer. Uh, we were very pleased. I know he was excited to uh, be a part of it. Um, you know, he's become a leader on this team. I think he's getting more responsibility uh, in the role for us uh, under Coach Hackstall uh, and the rest of the staff. And I think he's just embracing that. And he's certainly a high-end, high-skilled forward, which, you know, we needed to add. We added speed. We added skill. And he he encompasses both. So I certainly think that that's a, a big a big factor of why he's having such success. And he's shooting the puck and he really can, uh, you know, really uh, change uh, uh, the tone of a game. Hey, Rick, you mentioned the coaching staff, and there were some raised eyebrows when the Kraken hired then Toronto assistant coach Dave Haxtell as their first coach in franchise history. You're a third away through this season. You're in a playoff spot right now. What has made him such a good fit in Seattle? Well, again, he's got a lot of experience. You know, he, he, we just mentioned we were talking about college hockey, collegiate hockey, and and about uh, developing players and working with players and helping them get to the next level. And he had a lot of success at ND, North Dakota. And um, and, and then he had his chance uh, as a head coach with the Philadelphia Flyers, as you alluded to, work with the Toronto Maple Leafs. We just felt that during the process, uh, interview process, he just came across as, you know, someone who's, uh, you know, again, driven, um, understands the game, understands players, 
um, has a high compete level, and we just feel that you know he's doing a great job. And and again, under challenging circumstances last year, but again, bringing in a new staff under COVID, not being able to have team bonding um, gatherings, uh, events. Uh, even family events. I mean, we had to be the bearer of bad news. I mean, jokingly, we say we're the grim reapers whenever we walk down the stairs to the pre- to the locker room and say, okay, you know, guys, uh, we're going to have to cancel, you know, the Christmas party and we're going to have to cancel this event and this dinner. And, you know, that, that was the situation that we were all under and, and dealing with. But again, as I said, uh, we were just different personalities, different backgrounds, just trying to come together to build a team. And I think that, you know, Hack has been instrumental in that and he's our leader and and uh, doing a fine job, and and we we you know uh, we we support him a hundred percent. Rick, I want to ask you about your own expectations, well, the organizational expectations for this season. I I think from the outside, in spite of some of those additions that you talked about, it and more familiarity, I think most people would have projected Seattle as a lottery team again this season. What were the internal expectations? I think we just take a, I mean, that's a proverbial one day at a time. I mean, we do, we have a plan in place, a short-term and long-term plan. And, you know, when we, uh, you know, when Ron uh, took over and, and um, you know, back a few years ago and, and uh, brought me on board and then we brought others on as well. Um, you know, Ron has a plan and a vision and we're sticking to it and we're going to follow it through and, and again, I, I don't think we, we, we have high expectations. We want to make the playoffs like every other team. And once you're in the dance, anything can happen. Um, and the goal is to always win a Stanley Cup every year. Uh, but uh, we're, we're, that's, the, that's the mission. And we're just uh, sticking to the plan. And so far, we're uh, reaping some uh, benefits. And, but it's still a long way to go. And again, our, our focus right now is uh, the Carolina Hurricanes tomorrow. All right, we mentioned earlier that the Kraken's AHL affiliate is in Coachella Valley. Petey's excited to go to Burning Man and, you know, the Coachella Festival. No, I, I think we should get a podcast going there. The Co- like, let's just move our show, Craig. Like, nice. good grief. We're How just going to camp out in the dirt, buddy, uh, with a tent. Exactly. And, you know, maybe not bathe for a week. Uh, but we're really looking forward to that. But anyway, the Kraken's AHL affiliate is about to play its first home game. At Akershire Arena on Sunday against, of all teams, the Tucson Roadrunners, the Coyotes AHL affiliate. I, I'm, I'm curious what the feeling is about this. It's always exciting when a new arena opens up. You, you ba- basically get to introduce yourself to your to a new fan base. I know you had the first official home game in Seattle, but is this the final piece of the puzzle for this franchise? And what's the level of, of excitement about this event? Yes, first off, I mean, Petey, yes, uh, I wish I could say I... Uh, drove our team to uh, the, the, the warm climate. I mean, I get cold at 80 degrees right now in my uh, hotel room. No exaggeration. It's at 90 degrees on the thermostat. Oh, no. It won't go any higher. So um, that's all my time in Phoenix, which uh, I love Phoenix. My favorite place on the planet. So Arizona. But, uh, you know, again, we have a great ownership group and uh, we're working with the, the Oakview group um, in terms of uh, our arena. And we have world-class facilities and amenities for our players. And that was critical and important for our organization. You know, that's our bloodline to the Seattle Kraken. So to be in a great place like Coachella Valley and um, on and off the ice, the the players will never be at a loss for anything. And, um, you know, the proximity to Seattle, the proximity to the other teams within the Pacific Division, I think is just ideal. The excitement is building. It really has. Uh, t- ticket sales are off uh, through the roof right now uh, for opening night or opening afternoon and uh, throughout the rest of the season. Um, 
And uh, I think the Doobie Brothers, I believe, are opening up, or Dave Chappelle is opening up this week as well. Kind of plug that. So, um, oh, okay. And so right before then, we'll open up the first uh, hockey game in Coachella Valley and first pro sport. Uh, so we're, we're, we're excited as an organization. Uh, we know we're going to, the community is going to embrace us, hopefully, and uh, we're going to give back as much as we can. I'm going to plug the uh, Pacific Division of the AHL a little bit more because I'm going to be writing a story later this week and obviously going to be talking to you for that. I know you had a, a hand in, in helping create the Pacific Division. It's amazing what's happened to this division, uh, now the biggest in the AHL. No, it's the largest. And again, we I think the all the teams in the West, it's, it's tough uh, in terms of travel and you know, where we have not only uh, to travel out east to the central and to the Midwest and now obviously to the East Coast where we're at right now. Uh, from an AHL standpoint, certainly the, one of the goals and the missions was to for de- player development. And if you're, you know, again, with us, uh, the localities of all the different teams, you know, you're in you're in airports. Again, we're not flying charter. The AHL is not flying charter as they do at the NHL level. So you're spending much more time. There's uh, delays and um you know cancellations etc so that takes away then from practice time and development and that's the whole purpose uh you know why you want to so essentially if you will the triple a of baseball yeah. and so we want to make sure that our players anytime that they're called up or in uh the not too distant future they're able to uh, contribute at the nhl level so we're, we're real excited about it and um you know so far divisional play has been fantastic yeah, I want to go back to, by the way, uh, Ricky's uh, admission that Phoenix is his favorite place on the planet. And I, I, I can attest to this because he's literally the only guy that I know who will land here in the middle of July and say, this is perfect. This is perfect. Literally loves it when it's like 110 out. He's nuts. Yeah. No, go running in the mountains. Uh, yep, hey, yep. Camelback Mountain, uh, get up to Grand Canyon. It's just uh, God's beauty being shown. And I'll take the heat. Give me the heat. <laughs> All right. I, I wanted to touch on something that was mentioned at the Board of Governors meetings. Gary Bettman told uh, people that the uh, told reporters that current revenue projections su- suggest the cap will only go up about a million next year. Players still owe escrow. We'll see how this all plays out with which teams make the playoffs. Because some people have speculated that if if some of the bigger market teams or the bigger revenue driving teams make the playoffs, that could change what happens with the cap. One of the mild surprises that was reported on yesterday for for the uninitiated. Seattle has become one of those major drivers of revenue already. Is this what you guys expected? What has the reception been like in that city for the Kraken? Well, the reception has been off the charts, uh, not only locally, but uh, certainly uh, around the National Hockey League. I mean, I had uh, once we came up with the name, people love the uh, our branding. They love the colors. They love the swag. When I, I walk around, I. I, I like to do, I like to walk around the concourse uh, before the game. We have, you know, some time to kill sometimes and walk around the concourse in the different arenas and you just see the crack and swag everywhere. Um, you know, hats, ball caps, toques, uh, certainly the jerseys, home and away, the retro uh, throwbacks. And uh, so the excitement is just huge. I mean, you both are familiar, Petey and, and Craig, about the uh, the great fan base that the Seahawks have, and and the so- and um, the soccer team, and the women's basketball team. So they, it's just it's incredible. They're very passionate uh, fan base. Uh, you know, again, Seattle has a great history, hockey history, with the uh, mm-hmm. with the Thunderbirds being there, and Everett, and then of course Spokane, and the Snow Kings, buddy. Don't yeah, the Snow Kings. Right, the Seattle Snow Kings and in the, in the old uh, Nationals and the fight, right? So 
down in Atlanta, if I remember. Was it Atlanta? Right, that's right. So, yeah, national champions. Right. Yeah, Pee Wee. Yeah, Pee Wee. Yeah, So, um, so I, I think, and again, it's translated to the to the to the National Hockey League for us and the Kraken. And so, people, there's a buzz, uh, their desire to want uh, hockey, and and uh, again, and you know, again, the youth hockey programs that we're doing at the uh, community at the Kraken. Uh, uh, community ice complex um, is just through the roof through the numbers and you know just trying to get back to the community and um, it's all going really well so I think uh, you know they've hit a home run so far if I can use the Ricky, baseball analogy we talk, we talk about the, the jerseys and the uniforms and the colors and the logos I do have a question did you have any part in the design of Bowie the troll mascot and i don't mean mike Bowie, your head medical trainer i mean Bowie, the troll and the mascot i'm not quite sure where that was headed but i know it's very popular i just want to know who was behind it and no. was it you no it's certainly i have, I have a law degree and that's where i stay I, i'm a bookworm so i stay at that i look <laughs> find folks and and marketing and sales and and uh game game ops uh to come up with the idea with Bowie. and no it's it's been a it's been a hit, and hopefully uh, people uh, will continue <laughs> to follow Bowie. He's got his own van, and they bring him all over the city. And he's—you never know where Bowie's going to find or pop up or creep up out of the sea. So, but he's, uh, <laughs> he's around and available. <laughs> I don't—I don't know how to transition to this, but I, I know—I know a little bit about your history. So I, I'm going to ask this question just straight up for a couple of personal questions. Rick, is Young Frankenstein the best Mel Brooks movie ever? Oh, Mel Brooks. <laughs> Mel Brooks. I just laugh. I just laugh when I hear his name. What a what a talent uh, beyond talent. He, uh, as people may know, or his background, of course, uh, started with, uh, uh, you know, on TV, um, uh, and and again into the movies. I mean, again, for me, I mean, you just mentioned history, history of the world, uh, the producer, silent movie, Blazing Saddles. Uh, Robin Hood, uh, Men in Tights, um, <laughs> late, you know, but again, I, th I think uh, as you can, Spaceballs, I'm kind of a fan, as you can tell, uh, but no, my uh, ultimate favorite is certainly uh, Young Frankenstein. You can so you can see Craig hitting those those hard hitting questions at PHNX. Right he can now. literally <laughs> recite lines from this movie all day. He can. I know he can. Okay. So and on, you mentioned your law degree earlier. So I guess we'll leave you with this question. Let you get on because I know you're busier, very busy, and you don't need to talk about things like this. But let me ask this final question: Which old Czech brother was blessed with the biggest brain? Was it you, Ed, or Randy? Well, let's put it this way. So. Uh... Let's see. Our, our brother Randy was the, as I indicate, the smart one who stayed out of hockey. Uh, so that's okay. That's going to go into my decision. Uh, Edzo again had a choice. Uh, again, I think he certainly is an intelligent, articulate guy. Please don't share that with him. Uh, you know when he, but although he, you know, during when he was growing up, when he had a choice of either, uh, you know, studying and doing his homework he, or shooting pucks, he did the latter. So I think it turned out okay for him. Um, and then to uh, circle back to our reference of uh, young Frankenstein, I think I was, I have a uh, Abby, uh, Abby normal, Abby normal brain. Yes, Abby someone. <laughs> Abby normal. That's the one. So, <laughs> hey, 
Uh, somebody, somebody's got the Ivy League on their pedigree, though. I'm just going to say that. So, it's not the just first call, two guys. Just, just call me Skippy. Yes. <laughs> well, Ricky, I, we'll let you get back to your real job now. I know you've got a big tilt tomorrow with the Hurricanes. Thanks again for all your time today, and it was some good stories. And uh, we look forward to catching up when you make it here to the Valley of the Sun um, with the Seattle Kraken, and hopefully we can uh, go out and share a cup of coffee or a beer. So that would yeah. be a lot of fun. Thanks again for your time, Ricky. Oh, my pleasure, gentlemen. Peter, uh, Craig, uh, thanks, guys. Um, all the best to you and your families. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Yeah, my love Same to you and, and your family as well. Say hello to everybody for me, hey, buddy. Love you too, bud. Top love. Okay, ciao. Uh, well, yeah, I'm not so sure. Am I still there? See, this is what happens when I'm, you leave me in charge. Um, well, we talked about still Seattle. Alive, buddy, so we're hoping. We talked about Seattle playing Carolina tomorrow, you can go to your phone and bet that on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. But right now, the NBA season is heating up. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and sign up with the code PHNX. Place a $5 pregame money line bet on any NBA team to win their game and get a $150 in free bets if they do. That's code PHNX only at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Please see the notes for details. And we always talk about how easy it is. And I like Seattle and Carolina. I think they're going to come in and surprise the Carolina Hurricanes tomorrow. I think Seattle's on a roll and people are they're flying under the radar. So look for that team. I also like the under on that one. Uh, but let's talk about the other one of my favorites. Craig, and you saw it. If you saw the, the what kept me up last night in the, the Coyotes after dark. <laughs> was my four peaks kilt lifter and and by the way kilt lifter is a specific timed beer and that is a more that's an enjoying beer later in the evening beer my daytime beer is still the wow i love the wow for my daytime drink a little taste of citrus don't forget to give the gift of beer this holiday season with four peaks still has limited supplies of their december advent calendar box for only 55 dollars. enjoy specialty beers tall boys and much more you can purchase those at their 8th street pub and again craig we do not get to open the advent calendar beer one so far halfway through the one. month right one yeah. one yeah. they just try to keep the beer away from the hockey guys i think that's probably actually like the thing. one we tried though with that bourbon in it oh it's fantastic yeah, it, was it, was, it was it was it was surprising it was surprising is a good word. It's a mix of a, a drink and a beer. And remember, to enjoy Four Peaks beer, you need to be 21 or older, but not to enjoy their chicken tendies. Okay. Let's take away and see what we thought of Ricky's interview. First of all, fantastic interview. And um, I thought he's got a lot of insight. He's a good hockey guy. He is a hockey guy, and he's been a hockey guy. He's been with a lot of teams. He knows the league really well. And I tell you what, this team has taken off. I never predicted this team to be a playoff team um, into December. No chance. And right now they're second place in the Pacific Division, and there's no reason this team cannot be a playoff team. So let me ask you this. Is this the best course for Seattle? Do they have enough in the system and on the roster to sustain this success long term? I, I, I wonder. I, I wonder if this is too big a leap too soon. I, I don't know. I don't know how to read it, but it, I'm always curious. You never want to tell your players, well, don't win, don't win, don't have success. But should this have been a slow build versus jumping right into the mix in year two? Vegas, I th- Vegas managed to sustain it, but I don't know. And I don't know if this was the plan. 
I don't know yeah. if this was the plan in Seattle. I don't think they expected, and honestly, they were okay with last season. They were okay with with being towards the bottom of the league last year, and everything was fine, and there was no panic button, or we're not, hey, we're not making the playoffs. I don't think the playoffs was their intention right now. I really don't. I think you were looking at stocking the cupboards for a few more years. I think you were looking at trade deadline draft, um, trading off players that could bring you more assets, similar to the Bill Armstrong model. I think that was the plan. This just kind of snuck up. So now you're at that quandary of, do you go with the Vegas model and do you push to try to make the playoffs and compete and win? Or do you go, you know what? <sighs> we'll see if they fall out of the playoffs at all by the trade deadline. Are there some moves to start building some assets? I think this surprised them. So it's going to be interesting to see which direction Ron Francis goes at the trade deadline. Yeah, I agree. And I, I look, we've talked a lot about the uh, draft capital that Bill Armstrong has acquired. And Seattle did it to an extent in this past draft. And then when you look at the 2023 draft, they have one first-round pick and then three second-round picks. So they have a little draft capital there to, to build. But beyond that year, it's it's just the normal stuff. And it, it doesn't feel like maybe they have the pieces in place to say, okay, let's just dive in. Let's be a playoff team. It it feels like they could be spinning their wheels in the mud without some more elite players. So I'm, I'm with you. Like if, if there's any sign that this team is dropping off, I wonder if there will be – some sell-off to try and acquire more of those assets. And with Calgary and Edmonton starting off the way they did through the first 25 games, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see those teams starting to climb and maybe Seattle gets a little bit, you know, fourth or fifth. And it could happen, but I, I'm not saying it will. It could happen, but they're playing well enough. You know, is, is an L.A. team going to continue to get better? And, and are they going to start slowly slipping to fourth and fifth? Again, it goes, are the goaltending and their offense, can they keep up? I think those are questions that are going to be answered over the next couple months. Yeah. One thing that we we talked about a little bit in the uh, interview with Ricky Olchek, uh, again the assistant general manager for the Kraken, is what a what a home run it's been up there for the National Hockey League. And we suspected this. I mean, Seattle's a tough market simply for the fact that they needed to figure out the arena situation. That that was the major hurdle in Seattle. I never had a doubt that the fan base was there. He's right. You know it. I know it. That's been a hockey market for a very long time. Actually, had a thriving youth hockey market when I was a kid. And I mean. Whew, we're talking like yeah, before television was invented. So I didn't I didn't doubt that it would be a good market. I'm not surprised by it, but it makes me wonder. I've seen some recent speculation from reporters like Chris Johnston was was talking about the possibility that the NHL could consider more expansion. So Petey, pull out your crystal ball and tell me when you look around North America. We're we're not even going to talk Europe for a moment here because I, listen, I, I would love to see a European division, buddy. I'd be on that road trip every year. But if we're just confining this to North America with the, you know, with the travel, the travel issues that, that any European uh, division would involve. If you look around North America, pick me some markets that you think could house an NHL team. Well, clearly you've got thoughts on this because you're setting me up for failure. I can <laughs> see that. Well, I mean, I think it's some of the cities that we've talked about, and I think it's a lot of them that get mentioned, and I think Houston's going to be one. Um, I don't know if they can. It's a natural rivalry you've got built with Dallas. You put them into the Central Division now, and Arizona can move back to the Pacific. It just makes you think? sense. Huh. It makes some sense. I'm just saying, and then we can get the time zone. Or a change. Southwest Division, buddy. How about that? Woo. Yeah. So Vegas, I, I, Anaheim, and L.A. I think that makes the most sense geographically. I, I think because you can have the built-in rivalries right away, and what right away, and you're kind of a top ten TV market and population base and all of those things. I don't know if they have an owner or an arena, so that's that's secondary to the point. I think you've got the southeast covered. I think the northwest would be great to see. You know, I, I don't think Portland could support a team, but then you start to look at that rivalries: Portland, Seattle, Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary in that northwest division. Um, but I would think the number one spot right now would have to be Houston. 
What about Ohio? What about Cleveland? The Barons. It's it's interesting, right? That to to go to Cleveland uh, to go to Ohio, they chose Columbus instead to be sort of aside from Ohio State, the only game in town. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I've never really heard any speculation about that as a possibility. But I mean, listen, I agree with you that Houston is is top of mind. Uh, the listen, Bill Daly even told me they love Houston as an as a possibility. It's it's not necessarily on the table, and you have to have an arena again. To all the people in the back row, Tillman Fertitta has been vetted. He doesn't have the money to buy an NHL team. Really doesn't want to pay the price that it would require to buy an NHL team. So if you're talking about Houston, you're talking about expansion. You're talking about a new arena. Now I think there are plenty of you know there's plenty of oil money certainly in Houston to get that done. But you know you have to figure those things out. So I put Houston on that. I'm interested interested in your take on Portland that you don't think it could support a team because as we know. Of all the relocation rumor sites that that have been that was that the was Coyotes, the one that was the one that was a real possibility. So, what's your take on Portland there? I, I think what we talked about the the automatic rivalry between Houston and Dallas. Can you imagine the the rivalry between Portland and Seattle uh, right out of the gate? I, yeah, I, I don't know. It's a team, you know, with Seattle and the proximity. Would they put another team in in the upper Northwest right away? Is that where they're going to expand to? Honestly. I don't know. It's going to come down to money and, and if the money is there. And, and I think Gary Bettman has shown that he would absolutely expand. I don't think there's any fear. Is Kansas City in the Midwest another team mm-hmm. that, that could expand? And I know it's a city that, that they have uh, an loves arena. their sports. And they have, they have an, an arena, arena downtown. So yep. we'll have to wait yep. and see. Something else, right. Craig, that you can put on your list, and I know you did yesterday a little bit. we got to spend our PHNX staff meeting at the Dobson Ranch Golf Course. And we got, well, I swung the club a little bit. I know Craig didn't. He didn't want to get his hands dirty. No, or I just, I, I just critiqued swings. That's what yeah, I, and he did. He did. <laughs> he stood in the background and critiqued everybody. And we had our staff meeting there because coming up soon, you can join us at the inaugural P-H-N-X-T-T-E-E. Clever. Some marketing guy got that one. Tea party at the Dobson Ranch Golf Course. We are renting out the entire driving range. Come hang out with the Big Drive Energy, the PHNX crew, and fellow diehards for a night of golf, food, drinks, contest prizes, and more. Our PHNX Suns crew will be hosting a live watch party for the Suns versus the Timberwolves. Check the link in oh, the description Minnesota, below. buddy. I know how about that. Who am I rooting for? No, I'm Suns. Let's go. Let's go Valley teams. Check the link in the description to reserve your spot right now. And for the diehards, check out the Discord for your special link where you can save 20% on this awesome event. And I will say this before I go further. When you think of a driving range, and I had this, and I'm so glad I went there. I was just thinking, oh, we're going to get a buck of balls and hit. Like, huh? No, 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 no. This is like... This is like virtual TV golf where you can play multiple games. You can actually play a course on the TV where you, it, the I don't know how it does it, but it tracks your balls into the, how far you hit it, where you hit it. And you can play a virtual game. You can have, there's games for beginners. It was called shooting ducks, which is actually the one I played, but I'm not a beginner, but it just made me look good. Um, so it, it's much more like virtual golf. You can compete with uh, the group next to you and, and have your force and play. So it was a lot, lot of fun. Um, I'm really looking forward to that event. And while we're talking about fun things, let's talk about underdog fantasy where you can play higher and lower. And I will take the lower on Craig winning any of those matches at the tea party. I will definitely <laughs> take the lower. 
<laughs> not the higher in that one. It's so easy to do on the underdog fantasy app to pick uh, the higher or lower for anything events. You can pick sh- points in basketball. You can pick shots in hockey. You can pick saves in hockey. It's easy to do three to five. You can do, take your money from five bucks to a hundred bucks um, in one evening. You can also have fantasy sports where you can draft just for the day. So you don't want to get locked into your fantasy team for the entire year. It's easy to get started. Go to the underdog fantasy dot com or download the app sign up with the promo code phnx and underdog will match your first deposit up to 100 dollars. craig can we talk coyote hockey for just we a can. little bit yeah i just want to throw out a couple more cities for my dream expansion if, if, <laughs> listen we 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 hear it all the time and they got it got to the point where they, they were really annoying but quebec has an arena i kind of hope quebec gets a team i mean it it's host to the greatest peewee hockey tournament on earth i have played in that tournament I love that city, actually, and I know it has a passionate fan base. It has some other issues, corporate base, population. You know, on the financial side, Quebec isn't nearly as a uh, slam dunk as people think. It's a, it's a small Canadian market, and that's that's not an easy thing to manage. But it's Canada's sport. Quebec wants its team back. It would be cool to see that happen. A couple other cities that I think about. Milwaukee always wanted a team when Lloyd Pettit was the owner there. Blackhawks always blocked it. There's a thriving hockey market there. I think they could support something. I mean, they got the Bucks there already. And then I always wonder about this one. It's a really weird sport, sports market, probably weirder than Phoenix. But San maybe? Diego. San Diego, oh. <laughs> buddy. San Diego. The Gulls do yeah. really well in San Diego. What would the NHL look like in San Diego? I'd, I'd be applying for that beat job, by the way. Just throwing that out there. So, In all those on. cities, Craig, what they did, all those cities, they have competitive – markets right away with a built-in rivalry all of them and I, and I think that's what we, you would need to have a success is they're nearby competitors you got montreal you've got the la um, and california teams to compete right away and you've got yeah. the you know chicago and minnesota right away creating rivalries with milwaukee so i, I think those are great ideas what's going on with the uh, the coyotes well, they are opening a stretch of six home games here in their next seven over a two-week period. This It's crazy, Petey. When you look at the schedule, this is the closest they get to a lengthy homestand until March. Even though they have played half of their road schedule now. Well, they played, they played more than half now, 21 road games. They still, it's all broken up into little, you know, they come home for three games, then they go on the road for a game. Then they come home for a couple games, they go on the road again. It's, it's a really tiring schedule. It's amazing. We talked about this on last night's show. Especially right now, with the Arizona State Sun Devils off until the end of the month, how come the Coyotes couldn't get a nice lengthy homestand here where they didn't have to go on the road? It just feels almost unfair that they had to go to San Jose last night and they're going to have to go on the road again for a one-gamer. It's crazy. Yeah, I thought the league might be a little more accommodating to them after putting them on the road for so long to start the season. And you're right, these little one-game offs to San Jose and Vegas – they're hard and you talk about a different time zone and it's still packing and unpacking and move. Just, I wish they could stay in that building for 10 straight days to two weeks. That would be just, that would be just some justice in the world of the hockey gods, but it's not meant to be. And I talked to some of the equipment staff the other day and they're saying they won't get a rest until April. I mean, until this season is over, they're going to be, it's, it's a grind. This is one of the toughest seasons that I can remember. Um, for the Arizona Coyotes. So hopefully they can get through this and have, you know, some home cooking. They've played well at the mullet. So hopefully that can continue. Mm. You know, what's going to happen when this homestand ends, this quote unquote homestand will be two months away from the trade deadline. Unreal. Jacob chicken will have, boy, he'll be approaching the 20 game mark. Uh, there are some other guys. I wonder, I listen, I, I, I know a lot of, uh, 
a lot of GMs will wait until the last minute to make those moves. Nothing spurs action quite like a deadline, but I mean, you got to get a, you got a chance to get ahead of it with some of these players, and maybe risk you know avoid the risk of getting into a bidding war. I wonder how much change is coming to the Coyotes roster, uh, you know, after the holidays. Yeah, I don't know. And you're going to have to see who continues to be the guys that are on the top of that list. I know Chikrin is very high on that list. And then there are teams interested in looking for him, but who's going to be next? And we thought, you know, Richie was going to be the guy for a while and then he kind of fell off. And and we're going to have to wait and see. Bukestad's name came up last night in the show for various reasons. Um, I know people talk about Bumelka. I just don't think that's real. But but who else is it? Is it Gostas Bear? And I think you're going to have to wait and see as, you know, we get through the holidays on who is still on top of that list. Yeah, but you know what's happening right around the holidays? The World Junior Championship. I love watching this event. I still can't haven't wait. been to it. I can't believe I haven't attended it yet, but there's some Coyotes in the mix. Julian Lutz is going to play for Germany. Dylan Gunther is going to play for Canada. Adam Zlinka is going to play for Slovakia. Logan Cooley is in all probability going to be on the U.S. roster, and we will see about Sam Lipkin, who is competing for a spot. So that's five Coyotes in the mix for competition at the world junior championship just a great event can't wait to watch it and i tell you what after you look at that canadian roster where they're sending dylan gunther for that team canada and shane wright is going from the seattle kraken good gravy that team is that team is is a powerful 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 team i i don't know how you bet against them right now yeah with bedard ventilla you mean yeah 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 that that is going to be an outstanding idea and it's great hockey I, I love best on best tournaments at any age and this is definitely one of them um i think i don't know if you can get tickets to that if you can get tickets you know where you would go you would go to the game time app for tickets because you can save up to 60 percent on tickets when you buy your tickets last minute as we often do and you know how i don't plan ahead um so that's the best way that i get tickets and i've actually bought them for asu hockey through the game time um, app. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. So go down, scroll down below, look for game time concerts, hockey, football, sports, ev- any kind and any concerts, go to the game time app. <sighs> and also, I wish I had my more furniture recliner. And I do talk about this all the time. The more furniture recliner in studio when we watch games, absolute fire money, relaxing, best ever cup holders, electronic. And it is time right now for the holiday clearance event. And it's happening at More Furniture. That's More Furniture, M-O-R, More Furniture. And you can save up to 50% off on your furniture at morefurniture.com, M-O-R, furniture.com. Well, I think we've made it to another show. Craig. We survived without Leah. What do you have coming up at PHNX? I'm going to have a mid-season report on Sun Devil Hockey on Thursday. So looking forward to that. As I alluded to on the show with Ricky Olchek, I'm going to take a deeper look at the formation and success of the AHL specific division. And then next week, for diehards only, it's time for the next edition of the Coyotes Prospect Report. We're going to dive into, I, I got a couple of players in mind. I'm going to look at Connor Geeky without a doubt. I'm going to look at ASU's Josh Doan. Uh, the third player is still up in the air, still deciding that with Lee Stempniak, but uh, the Coyotes prospect. And you can pronounce all those names. Yeah, Unlike last one. Yeah, it's uh, kind of nice. prospect right? report yeah. was a, a very European heavy edition of the prospect report. Well, if you want to read Craig's content and his prospect report, you need to be a member of the diehard. So go to gophnx.com, become a diehard. You get great discounts on not only our merchandise, you get access to great written content uh, that's behind the paywall by Craig Morgan and all of our other wonderful writers. You get discounts to all the events that we talked about for the tea party, you get a discount event, um, support 
what we do here at PHNX and become a PHNX diehard. And then they can read our story on veggie, which I think uh, he was, again, one of the three stars last night. And I think it's an interesting deep dive into what he's done there. Craig, I don't know how we did it, but we survived without Leah. Let's not do it again. No. I completely agree. It uh, It's a little chilly. I know you couldn't see this because um, this is audio only, but Craig is wearing a toque, and I don't know if that's necessary because it is still Arizona. But I'm glad we made it through our Wednesday. We've got a Friday, Saturday, um, back-to-back home home tilts, and I don't think we'll see Craig, but we will see Sean DePaz wearing a Buffalo Sabre jersey. I have oh, a hunch on Saturday. So tune in this weekend for our live shows Friday and Saturday night following both the Coyotes game is against the Islanders and the Buffalo Sabres. Until then, follow us on social media. It's Craig at Craig S. Morgan, me at S. Peters Hockey, and Lee at at Lee Merrill, and Sean, who is not here, Sean underscore DePaz. And follow the show at PHNX underscore Coyotes. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see everybody after the game on Friday night against the New York Islanders.